Wednesday, July the 7th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, the Pentagon cancels a big contract and oil prices ebb. First, the world in brief. America's Defense Department said it was pulling the plug on a controversial cloud computing agreement. After the $10 billion contract for the Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure, known as JEDI, went to Microsoft in 2019, Amazon sued, saying its rival lacked the necessary technical capabilities. Amazon had argued that Donald Trump had interfered with the process, presumably to rankle Jeff Bezos, its CEO at the time, and a thorn in the side of the then-president. The Pentagon has now decided on a different cloud architecture and suggests it may buy technology from both companies to build it. Oil prices crashed from a heady high after OPEC Plus cancelled further talks on whether to increase production. The group of oil exporting countries and their allies had been deadlocked since Friday, with global prices climbing all the while. Futures for West Texas Intermediate reached their highest since 2014. But a stalemate between Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates proved insurmountable. Eric Adams won the Democratic primary for the upcoming New York City mayoral election. A muddled ranked choice voting process left him with less than a one-point lead over the runner-up. Given the city's Democratic leaning, the Brooklyn Borough President and former police captain is all but certain to prevail against his Republican opponent in November. Jair Bolsonaro, Brazil's president, averted the threat of impeachment for now. Arthur Lira, the Speaker of the Lower House, said there was nothing to warrant opening an investigation against him and argued that the process would destabilise the economy. Prosecutors are investigating Mr Bolsonaro over alleged irregularities in the government's procurement of COVID-19 vaccines. He denies wrongdoing. Peter R. De Vries, a Dutch crime reporter famous for his exposés of underworld gangs, is fighting for his life after being shot on an Amsterdam street. Mr De Vries reportedly took five bullets at close range, including one to the head. His investigative work has earned him numerous threats over the years. Three suspects have been arrested. Israel's parliament did not renew a controversial law that bars Palestinians from Gaza or the West Bank from obtaining citizenship or residency in Israel through marriage to Israeli citizens. The law was introduced in 2003 during the bloody unrest of the Second Palestinian Intifada, or uprising. The vote, a tie at 59-59, angered Naftali Bennett, the new prime minister and a vocal ultra-nationalist who needs to manage an ideologically diverse coalition. More people died than were born in Britain in 2020 for the first time since 1976, according to the Office of National Statistics. The COVID-19 pandemic meant that more deaths were registered in the country than in any year since the First World War. Births fell to their lowest level since 2003. Nevertheless, the population overall still increased because of immigration. And fact of the day. The International Atomic Energy Agency estimated in May that Iran had produced over 3,000 kilograms of uranium enriched up to 5% purity. This is enough for several bombs if enriched further. And now here's today's agenda. Out but not over. America leaves Afghanistan. The departure of American troops from their largest military base in Afghanistan has all but ended a two-decade military campaign. America's Central Command estimates that the withdrawal is about 90% complete, even though the final deadline for departure is still weeks away. The seemingly confused handover augurs badly. 
Take the withdrawal from the Bagram Airfield, a sprawling 30 square mile complex north of Kabul that was America's main military nerve center. The Afghan general who inherited the base says the first he learned of the Americans' departure was after the lights went out. Looters struck before the gates could be secured. The Pentagon denies a midnight flit. What is more, the Afghan army that America leaves behind has proved alarmingly fragile. It has ceded dozens of districts with barely a shot fired. More than 1,000 troops have fled into Tajikistan. In desperation, Afghanistan's government has called for a quote, national mobilization of local volunteers, in effect resurrecting the old warlord militias that fought the Taliban before America's invasion in 2001. Such forces may stem Taliban gains, but they also have a troubling record of abuses. Stop, start, stumble. Southeast Asian economies. It once seemed that the COVID-19 pandemic had mostly spared Southeast Asia. No longer. The region is suffering a severe third wave of infections that is holding back its economic recovery. Economists have slashed their GDP growth forecasts for Malaysia, the Philippines and Thailand, three of the region's biggest economies. A dire outlook for tourism is the main reason for dimmer prospects in Thailand. Vaccinations are sluggish and hospital beds are running short. Many tourists will stay away. Pandemic restrictions are another drag on regional growth. With many shops shut, Malaysia's outlook has darkened, so has the Philippines. And although growth forecasts have been revised upward for Indonesia, the region's biggest economy, daily infections there have surged by 500% in recent weeks. The greatest risk for Southeast Asian economies may be America tightening its monetary policy sooner than expected, which would increase the value of the dollar and make corporate dollar-dominated debt more expensive. GDP forecasts may fall further yet. Adams Apple New York's next mayor Eric Adams has won New York City's Democratic mayoral primary. When nearly all votes counted, the former police captain leads his nearest rival, Catherine Garcia, by around 8,500 votes, or 1%, in the city's first ranked choice voting election. Mr Adams, who had trailed Andrew Yang, a one-time presidential candidate, in the first few months of the campaign, surged into the lead after an uptick in shootings began to worry New Yorkers. His promise to keep the city's streets safe and his staunch opposition to the quote, defund the police movement resonated. His centrism contrasts with some of his rivals' more progressive leanings, appealing to blue-collar New Yorkers. If, actually when, he defeats Curtis Slower, a long-shot Republican in November, he will become the city's second African-American mayor. He will inherit a city struggling to recover from the pandemic. Only 12% of Manhattan office workers are back at their desks. Only 2.3 million people ride the subway daily, 58% below pre-pandemic levels. Direct transfer. Wise lists in London. Wise, formerly TransferWise, a British fintech firm that provides cheap international money transfers, will go public on the London Stock Exchange today. It will become the only company other than the LSE itself to have floated its shares on Britain's equity market via a direct listing, eschewing the conventional and costly IPO process in favour of a short auction to determine its opening price. The direct listing process is not the only thing being put to the test. Analysts estimate Wise's value to be between £5 billion, $7 billion and £10 billion, making it the largest technology company to float in the city since Deliveroo was given a drubbing in March. 
Unlike Deliveroo, Wise is a profitable company with no awkward questions to answer about its treatment of workers. Deliveroo faces legal inquiries in several countries over its gig economy employment practices. If Wise also gets a walloping, other tech founders may think twice about listing in London. Living with AIDS The Shrinking HIV Mortality Gap It took 15 years from the emergence of AIDS to find the first effective treatments for the disease. In 1996, antiretroviral drugs, which can keep symptoms at bay indefinitely, became the standard of care, though a true cure remains elusive. As a result, AIDS was gradually subdued, going from the leading cause of death for young people to a largely manageable condition. Nowadays, people can live long lives with HIV. American mortality data bear that out. Analysis published this week in Annals of Internal Medicine, a journal, compared the likelihood of death within five years of 83,000 people entering clinical care for HIV or AIDS with the general population. There was an 11.1% gap between the two at the beginning of the millennium. Since 2011, it fell to just 2.7%. The battle, however, is not yet won. Today, the focus is mainly on getting sufferers diagnosed and treated. Nevertheless, it is heartening to be reminded that the slow march of scientific progress can eventually overwhelm an invisible enemy. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who died on this day in 1930. Any truth is better than indefinite doubt. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.